Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're so glad that you could join us. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your mercy and your grace and your compassion, Lord. And we thank you for the forgiveness that we have through Jesus, Lord, that we're able to be forgiven and that we're able to forgive others, Lord. We thank you for this time in the Word this morning, Lord. We ask that you'll show us the truth, Lord, and build us up, Lord, so that we're able to run with endurance the race that you've set before us, Lord. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Hebrews. We are in chapter 7 and are discussing verses 20 through 28. So, whether you're just joining us for the first time or rejoining us, I'd like to encourage you to pause the episode and take the opportunity to read that section of scripture just to make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, LaCharles. Um, we left off in the last episode talking about how we're supposed to be, um, the Lord is able to, should be able to trust us to complete what exactly what he has told us to complete and to do what he's told us to do. When we see that the Lord is continuing on with that, we see that it says in verse 26, for such a high priest was fitting for us, who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. And I, the Lord is just pointing out to me in this section where it says separate from sinners and how as humans we think that we have to distance ourselves from other people. That's what we equate for. But I like to go to the Gospels. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is. I think it's the book of Matthew. What's it um, say, honey? Where he talks about, I do not come to um, call the righteous un- to call the righteous but the sinners unto repentance. That's my paraphrase of it. Okay. And how what we see is that Jesus was not... That's Matthew 9, 13. Oh, I happen to be right there. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. But go and learn what uh, Matthew nine thirteen. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And how the Lord was referring to when he said this was that he was among them, but he wasn't like them mm-hmm. in the regard that he was still able to go minister to them, but he didn't have to take on their bad habits or bad traits. Amen. And it reminded me of where um, Paul says inside of one of his books, and he says, I become all things to all men. Doesn't mean that he started doing all the things that everybody else was doing. He didn't start swearing and fornicating because that's what mm-hmm. others were doing. It just meant that he was approaching them from a perspective he could relate to them because he Mm -hmm. too was a man he understood what was uh essentially going through their minds Mm -hmm. and what they're facing while he didn't know quote unquote from personal experience like that and and enacting in it some of the things probably 
he was still able to correlate because that's how all humans are. And that's what the Lord did. He didn't bonk them over the head or say, you guys are sinners. So what are you guys doing here? He went to them so that way he could draw them into repentance. Whereas the Pharisees, what they're looking for is to bonk people on the head and to berate them essentially with the law and say, you guys are doing this. You should be like us. But that's not what Jesus was doing. That's not what the high priestly role was meant to be done. And we see that um, inside the Gospels, I believe Cephas was the high priest at that. And he was a notorious one at bonking people over the head with what you guys were supposed to be doing. Like what we see inside of John 9, he said, you and your mother, you and your parents were born in sin, but us, we weren't. That's my paraphrase of it. That's pretty close to what he actually said. Um, and that's how he talked to him and how the Pharisees and Sadducees talked to people. They were coming from the perspective of they were too holy, whereas Jesus went and ministered to the people who seemed like they were below the average person, what the Jews considered below other Jews, like tax collectors. They cast them off essentially and said they were as good as Romans. Or worse. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't like them. But that's not how we're supposed to live our lives. Jesus wasn't doing this because he felt like it or because it felt good to his flesh. He was doing this because the Lord asked him and told him to do so. And that's ultimately the greatest difference between um, the high priest under Aaron, the order of Aaron versus Jesus. They could only do so much as what their flesh was able to go for. I mean, as long as their heart was willing to the Lord, he could help them along. But as soon as it closed off, he, they weren't able to continue after that point. Whereas what we see, Jesus was able to continue to do so because his heart was inside of it. They were essentially forced into it, like the Levites. It didn't matter if you wanted to be a Levite or not, you were a Levite and you were going to do what you needed to do. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jesus stepped into this role willingly. The mm -hmm. father didn't have to twist his arm, arm behind his back and force him into it. Jesus all but volunteered to go and do and say, I'll go do this. And this is what I want to go do. And that's how we should be living our lives. The Lord shouldn't have to twist our arms into doing what he tells us to do, but it should be something we do willingly because we love him, okay. and that's what we desire. Well, there it is. So the desire of the Lord's heart was to be pleasing to the Father, right? Yes. And now, just one slight correction, right? Jesus, it's not that Jesus' heart was in the law. The law was written in his heart. Yes. Right? So, again, it goes very back to what we just said. Jesus' heart, his desire, his driving force was to do everything that the Father asked of him that would be pleasing to the Father, right? And, yes. and I love how you brought this up because you can go all the way back to Moses. In Deuteronomy 31, he says what? To the, to the priests, to the Levites, take this book of the law and put it next to the tabernacle. Right. Yes, Dad. But in the conversation, he also says, "Be sure to uphold all the all the laws of this book, right? All that's written yes. in it, all that Moses had been teaching them, where, and by teaching, it was also judging and instructing them on not just what it says, but how to carry it out." But their response was very telling. Oh yeah, we'll do everything that it says, and, and Moses kind of admonishes them, a little bit of scoffing, right? He said, if you haven't been able to do it here in my sight, in other words, with Moses, who received it from the Lord, 
judging, instructing, guiding, right, on and teaching how to carry it out before the Lord, how to walk in his ways. He said, you won't do it when, when I'm gone. Yes, Dad. He, he said that to who? To the Levites, who, again, were there to, their role was to minister to the Lord. The Lord was their inheritance, not land and all this other stuff. Yes. The Lord was their inheritance, and they weren't able to do it. So further proving out why Jesus was a much greater, is a much greater high priest and of the order of Melchizedek. Yes, Dan. Okay. So uh, we definitely need to understand that. But also the separate, as you brought up, the separating from sinners is what? Can you explain that? Because people oftentimes have a, a misunderstanding of what that means. As as did the priests of Jesus' day, right? Yes. It was to not associate with them. Mm-mm. I know we can't be best friends. But Jesus went to them, as you brought up with Paul, in order to what? Draw help them to repentance. Draw them to repentance. To help bring them into a relationship with the Lord. Not to take on their attitudes, actions, and behaviors, but to maintain his steadfastness, his faithfulness, be a man of integrity in and before the Lord. Yes, as a, As a, if you will, type in shadow, or it's not type in shadow because Jesus has already come, but as a, a pattern and example, following after the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? Which is why he says in the scripture, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Yes. So we too have been called and given that same mission to bring about reconciliation, reconciling things back to Christ. This is of the utmost importance. Yes, And it first begins with us. So the separating ourselves is not necessarily from the, on the physical sense, but in the spiritual. No, I can't partake in many of the things that those that are outside of Christ do. Yes. And I don't recommend anyone, anyone should. I have to walk with the Lord. And how did Jesus do that? He went where the father sent him. He said what the father told him to say, and he did what the father told him to do through Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, I would like to read a scripture. This comes from 1 Corinthians 5, I'll start in verse 9. I wrote to you my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet, I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to go then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. But what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside God judges. Therefore, put away um, from yourselves the evil person. And that really sums up what the Lord was truly speaking about 
he's talking about separating ourselves from those who proclaim to know Christ. And this goes back to chapter six about once you have known Christ, there's no way to essentially bring, and you have disregarded what you've known about it. You've tasted the goodness of the Holy Spirit and you have still turned away. There's no chance to bring them back into repentance. And that goes to what Jesus said inside of his um, prayer inside of John, closer to the end of it, where he said, Lord, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them. Meaning that he protects them as they go about in this world to do mm -hmm. business and to bring about the will of God. He was never asking us for it's never telling us to withdraw, to essentially corner ourselves and be light in one place. And so it's a blaze of light and everything else is dark. What he was telling us to do was to go out and do what the Lord has told us to do. Jesus didn't just go where the holy people gathered. As we see, he went to the uh, gatherings, I believe that's where he went with the demoniac. With the demoniac, mm -hmm. yes. The that, Decapolis. And um, one of the books says the, the area of the gatherings, yes. Yes, and how that's where he went, whereas the people themselves, the ones who were sitting, were afraid to go over there because that's how bad it was. Jesus wasn't afraid of that. He wasn't afraid that, oh man, the devil was in that place. He knew the role and the power that he had inside of God. He was able to deliver the man because he was walking in step with him. And that also goes to that he is ascended above the very heavens. That it goes back to what as we as humans have to realize is that the Lord is above all things. He's not subject to the devil and saying, oh man, there's the devil, I got to run. He's not doing any of those things. Of course not. But also we have to be cautious is that Jesus didn't go chase every devil down with the devil buster stamp on his chest and going and doing <laughs> that either. Mm -hmm. He did as the Lord directed him to do and he was in line and step with that. That's what his mission was. Amen. How long do you suspect the, the, the demoniac had been struggling with demons? Years. It says years that he, they had tried to bind him. He was at that point. So there mm -hmm. must have been years beforehand. Okay, but Jesus only went at that time yes. to deliver the man. Why? Because at that time, the man was ready to be delivered. Before then, he was still toying with mm -hmm. the idea of being demon-possessed, thinking it would give him power. But then after that point, his heart, his, his, his spirit was ready to be delivered, and the Lord was able to work with that. Thank you. Amen. He was ready. And beforehand, he was not. So God is a, he's a good God. And he has divine appointments and divine purpose in everything that he does. So divine purpose and divine appointments. So he came when the man was ready to receive deliverance and was ready to not only be delivered, but yield his life to the Lord because he was in that condition because he had not yielded himself to the Lord, but instead it yielded himself to de demonic forces. Right? Yes. yes, mommy. So God is faithful in all things that he does. Charles, do you have some more that you were sharing, my love? Um, yes, mommy. And then as we're doing that, we should be focusing on as the Lord tells us and moving when he tells us to do so. That's how Jesus was able to Jesus was able to rise above the very heavens itself. Not because he said, Look at me, I'm so much more powerful than you are, but because he was in step with the Lord. And that goes back to where he says, The Lord will exalt those he whom he was exalt. That's my paraphrase yet again. That's essentially how the Lord told me what he was truly getting at, that the Lord exalts who he wants. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to me if I think they should be or not. Mm -hmm. Because I know my version would be, I should be exalted. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely the wrong perspective to have. Mm -hmm. But 
as the Lord is doing that, he's basing it off, can he trust you? With Abram and Abraham, he was able to go and trust Abraham to do what he asked him to do. That's why he was able to use his lineage to bring Jesus in. And we talked about this in a previous episode, Mommy, that um, you had said that he doesn't go for those, um, doesn't trust people with the mission that he knows are unfaithful. Mm-hmm. Pivotal things, like so there are things that God has planned. Mm-hmm. And his divine plan, like this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. Like the Lord, the Messiah coming into the earth in natural form. That's on God's divine calendar. Amen. And it was going to happen and no one can stop it. No one can delay it. And no one can make it go faster. This had a schedule and an appointed time that the Messiah would come forth. And the Lord knew he was going to bring him forth. He had to have a, a dirt body to give him authority and the right to transact business in the earth legally. So he needed a woman to be willing to cooperate. So for that particular thing, he didn't choose someone that he knew would abandon the mission, right? Yes. Now, on the other hand, he does give everyone an opportunity to partake and operate with him. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't, for the ones that are just gonna have the opportunity presented and and instead choose to fail it, he doesn't vest pivotal moments exactly these appointed times that are precious and vital to his his mission that he's carrying out he doesn't give it to those people he gives it to the ones he knows that are going to be faithful but he still gives them a chance that's why you see kings that were raised up and even though the lord knew they were going to do wicked things he still gave them a chance right but that those kingships if you go back and examine what they were they weren't pivotal like he called moses to lead them out he didn't call aaron why? Mm-hmm. Because Aaron was going to make a golden calf. God knew that. He could have just as easily spoken to Aaron and said, come up here on the mountain with me and then the whole thing, take off your shoes. These are holy. This is holy ground. He could Absolutely. have done all of that with him, but he did not because Aaron would not be faithful, whereas Moses would be. But also yes, even Lord. at the timing, right? In God's perfect plan. When he plan, called him. Exactly. And was his perfect plan. Was in his perfect plan and perfect timing, just like our Lord and Savior. But the who, mm-hmm. even though Moses failed, God knew that his heart was going to be faithful. Even though David failed, God knew that his heart was going to be faithful. Even though Abraham failed, giving his wife away twice, God knew his heart was still going to be faithful because that the failures are more attributed to the sin nature and the weakness that's common to mankind versus a wicked heart that's always obstinate towards the Lord, that's always resisting God or stiff-necked and rebellious towards him. And you can say that even with Jacob, right? Is a supplanter. But the Lord knew he would be faithful, and the, now he used Israel. And the supplanting, his parents called him a supplanter. Exactly, yes. God didn't call him that. God called him Israel. Exactly. His parents called him a supplanter, because mm-hmm. the Lord said before he came into the earth, the older is going to serve the younger. Absolutely. So they tried to defy and deny what God said about Jacob and mm-hmm. put a burden upon Jacob that would shroud and cloud the rest of his life. But if they had said, no. God said what he said, and he made it out first, so we're going to honor that. There would have been no struggle and no wrestle. Exactly. But because humans want to put their, their oh, Lord, let me help you out on it. Mm-hmm. So Esau was a supplanter. Still tries to take the blessing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even though he could care less about it. If you look at Esau's life, he sold it for a bowl of soup. He could care less about so, but it. But how much of a non-factor he considered it to be. Exactly. He did not, it, it did not matter to him. It didn't matter. But to Jacob, it was his life. He, the, the one that God called had the appropriate love for it. 
So even though humans try to stick their own, I, well, here's my opinion and my two cents on it doesn't change what God has said. So to examine ourselves with that, what is the value of the blessing in our life and all that the Lord's doing? And are, have we truly taken on the character and the nature of our great high priest, Jesus the Christ? Mm. If we haven't, let's humble ourselves, let's repent, or enter into a, a true, personal, deep, intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior. And let him help us walk that out in our life today and for eternity. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to pause there for today. So with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? Sure, I will. Lord, we just thank you. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we humble ourselves before you. Forgive me, Lord, for my attitude, and help me to be humble and right and righteous before you. Lord, I thank you for your people and the listeners. Lord, give them a humble heart as well to see and to hear and to know and to cooperate and obey the things that you've set before them, Lord. Um, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises, and thank you for your eyes and your perspective and your faithfulness that you Show yourself faithful to those whose heart is loyal towards you, Lord. We thank you for that in the almighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.